and every once in a while the dragons sort of send over like a sortie of dragons. Can I just point out that a sortie of dragons is one of my least favorite George R.R. Martin books? <laughs> Never ends well. Live from the Mundangerous Unlocked Back Door in New York City, I'm your host Shane. And I'm your host Ishan. And welcome to Actual Play Episode 9 of Total Party Thrill, a podcast for game masters and players where we discuss our campaigns in order to inspire yours. In this episode, we're continuing our playthrough of the 5th edition adventure, Sunless Citadel. Eberron is a sorrowful place where the five great nations on the continents of Corvair fought a hundred-year war for the throne of Galifar, and only recently settled for peace after a mysterious magical calamity called the Day of Mourning. Eberron is a wondrous place where magic is studied and industrialized, and living constructs called Warforged rub shoulders with elves, dwarves, and changelings on elementally powered airships and lightning trains. Eberron is a mysterious place where powerful magical tattoos called dragon marks shape the fate of their bearers and the secrets of ancient empires and evils lie buried just below the surface. Of course, dear listener, you don't need to know any of that to follow the adventures of our hero, Tez Proudgale. He's just a rogue archaeology student unearthing secrets in the hinterlands of southern Breland, close to the borders of the gnome nation Zilargo and the, and the goblin nation Dargoon. Though if you do want to learn more about Eberron, check out Total Party Thrill episode 33 for our full overview of the Eberron campaign setting. Tez Proudgale has stumbled upon um, a troll, I guess, and things are probably going to go great. Um, and then he's gonna fight some goblins, and he's also looking for treasure. Uh, mostly looking for treasure, and artifacts of historical significance, uh, worthy of, uh, becoming Dr. Tez Proudgale, uh, you know, trying to finish my, uh, rogue archaeology degree here, but, uh, yeah, no, let's, uh, let's get after this trollation. But just before we get into that, it has been a long time since you and I have recorded, even though it has only been two weeks since this last episode came out. Correct. Would you like a little refresher? Because I would not mind one. Well, Ishan, here's the thing is I listen to the podcast, so I'm oh. actually fully up to date on every... No, I need a refresher. <laughs> well, good. Then you already know that Tez Proudgale uh, is in this little corner of Breland and Eberron because we've moved Sunless Citadel into Eberron and is delving into uh, the bastion of an old dragon cult that is now infested with goblins and kobolds and there's a random dragon in here and now you're about to fight a troll. Yes, I've rescued slashed arrested Ado adopted? a dragon okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thought you talking about meepo <laughs> no i've rescued slash adopted meepo mm -hmm. <laughs> i've rescued erky and i think i've imprisoned a dragon uh but i now have gotten access to this uh this locked wing of the dungeon and uh and now i'm gonna deal with this troll here that just came out of the sarcophagus 
Right, because what has happened is uh, this entire wing seems almost like ceremonial rather than functional. Uh, there are alcoves and there are statues uh, that actually look like elves, which is weird because elves don't really live in this part of Corvair. Although, you know, 1800 years ago, who knows? Uh, and you've entered uh, a room that looks like a, an actual tomb. Uh, there's a sarcophagus. Erky has spit on his hands, grabbed a crowbar, and used his strength 10, highest in the party, to crack open uh, the the rivets, holding the, the lid shut, and it has burst open with a flash of green light, and now it turns out you are facing a troll. Roll initiative. Tez has a 16. Okay. Erky has a 10. Mm-hmm. Meepo has a 7. Some of those are not that great. Uh, however, you've lucked out because the troll got a 6. All of you go, and then the troll was going to retaliate. Because it looks very angry, and it is snarling. Well, yeah, so when the sarcophagus opened, there was like a flash of green light. Is this troll undead? <laughs> so that's interesting. And you think if you had some time to sort of examine what's what happened, then you could probably figure out more. Um, remember, when you got into this wing, you basically broke an air seal. So as far as you can tell, no one has been in here for probably multiple thousands of years. So how is a tro even a troll still alive? That doesn't really make any sense. But, you know, flash of green light certainly indicates some sort of wacky magic is going on. It's not undead. It actually looks kind of emaciated, like shrunken and shriveled. Hmm. Like a troll that's been trapped in a sarcophagus for several years. Um, okay. Well, one or two, one or two years. Yeah. Uh, you know what? These are all questions that we will answer upon autopsy. <laughs> Great idea. All right. So Tez is up and there is an angry troll. And Tez has recently acquired a potion of fire breath. <laughs> he did. He did indeed. Wait, wait. So you're going to, you're going to Indiana Jones this thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it came out all angry, swinging its troll claws around, and I'm just going to shoot it with my fire breath. I'm glad to see you using a consumable for once, forever. Yeah, once in one campaign, one time I've used a consumable. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Tez will will drink the uh, potion of fire breath. Uh, I think he, he kind of has a look of panicked indigestion for a moment, and then burps out fire uh, into the troll's face. Perfect. So action to drink the potion, but as a bonus action, you can belch a cone of fire. It's what, three times within an hour? Correct. All right. First time, roll it. How much does it do? Uh, it's 46 damage, but it's a DC 13 dex saving throw, sir. Uh, it's been in a sarcophagus for a while. It rolls a three. Mm, little achy, huh? Mm -hmm. uh, 13 fire damage, sir. Ooh. That is a lot of fire damage. And guess what? It's been like 1,800 years since this troll has been bitten by acid or fire, and it hates it. It screams this, this like, not anguish, like angry um, guttural scream uh, in, in pain that it hasn't felt in multiple lifetimes. And it seems to make it much, much angrier, but you can see. So, like, it's in the sarcophagus. You are over it when you pop the lid off. So you have basically belched fire on its in entire body. So the front of it now, you can see, is, like, bubbled and, and cracked and, and oozing. And, of course, not regenerating. Erky. Erky. Purify this thing with your with your guiding light. <laughs> Erky will, uh, will cast Sacred Flame. 
All right, a a point blank sacred flame because he's standing right there with a crowbar. Yeah, I think we should back away from this thing too. But uh, let's let's start by piling on some damage. All right, so is that a deck save? It's a deck save. All right, that's a six. Okay, that is going to fail for D eight more damage. Man, Erky's such a hero. Seven damage. Wow. Radiant. Onatar blesses this attack. I don't know. Maybe he hates trolls. Who knows? Eight damage. That is a lot of damage, and this troll is not looking great. It wasn't looking great to begin with, but it's not looking great. (laughs) Uh, So if you back away, though, it will get an opportunity attack. Meepo's the only one not clustered around. So the two, Tez and Erky, were um, working on the sarcophagus. Meepo's actually on the other side of the pit. Right. Remember? Because he couldn't reliably cross a 10-foot pit. <laughs> he's just a little guy. <laughs> uh, he's uh, But he does have his head knocker ready. Uh, mm-hmm. Can he can he actually see the troll? Or is the like is the troll like sat up so that he can be it, seen? Yes, or? It, it has. So it's, okay. it's, a, it's not prone. Tez and Erky will duck as uh, as Meepo's uh, head knocker uh, sends a sends a bullet flying for the uh, for the troll's dome. You can see when there's that flash of green light, there's like a, a squeal from the other room uh, coming from from Meepo. Although he seems to stifle it, you know, he, he wants to come across as braver than he is, of course. And as he has proven many a time in the clutch, he comes through. So he whips out that sling and, and sends a rock sailing towards the troll, but let's see what happens. Well, the most important thing that happens is uh, we stayed in this fight, so he's got pack tactics, which is why he's so good at this game. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, 20 and an 18. Oh my god. So, so he crits the troll for uh, a whopping 2d4 plus 2 damage. Uh, oh no. Uh, it, it comes around. Uh, he rolled two ones, so that's four damage. Four? Four. Okay. That's fine. You know what? He hits it squarely in the forehead. You hear a crack, but it doesn't take out the troll. The troll seems enraged by this. It doesn't even really quite understand where this rock came from. <laughs> I hope his attention stays focused on Tez. Tez. Tez is the one like burping fire right now and just, you know, like breathed in his face. I'm hoping that Tez is the one who takes the brunt here. Right, the angry fireman. Uh, now that I've checked how many HP Tez currently has, I'm questioning the wisdom of that statement. This troll is going to turn at what it perceives to be the biggest threat, which is certainly fire burping Tez. Slash at him with a claw. That is a 19 AC. Uh, yeah. That'll hit. All right, so one raking claw flashes out for 11 damage, 11 slashing damage. Okay. <laughs> Tez falls. Oh my God. <laughs> Tez falls to the ground and um, a, a sort of billow of dark smoke issues from his mouth and nostrils. Mm-hmm. But it, it looks like the, the potion is still is still working. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that exhale of unconscious breath. Right. All right, but the troll, that's that's all it's got. It um it now like fully gets to its feet and is like standing in the sarcophagus and now completely towers over the tiny tiny Erky. Tez, death save please. Death save. Uh 7. 
So that's a failure. All right, one failure. One failure for the home team. That's okay. Erky is right there. Erky mm -hmm. um, is an accomplished healer who knows such uh, such wonderful healing spells as Cure Wounds. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest hits like Cure Wounds, Spare the Dying. So yeah, so I think Erky will uh, will like you know duck a claw from the troll and uh, mutter a quick prayer and try to just like schoolyard football two hand touch Tez <laughs> to just get him back on his feet. I love this because, you know, D&D &D combat is an abstraction, right? The troll takes one actual attack at, at you, but it's flailing its claws, right? It's trying to get anything in its reach. And tiny little Erky is bobbing and weaving, spins around, ducks behind the corner of the sarcophagus and leaps over to Tez. Oh, God. Erky's rolling so well. Another seven on a D8, uh, which is, I think that's uh, D8 plus two. So nine, is that, you're almost full now. Uh, no, I was almost full when I was at 11. <laughs> uh, I am now at, uh, at nine of 15. Okay, okay. <laughs> and uh, so I think Tez like takes that <gasps> like sharp inhale and then coughs and it's just like black smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone done a study on potions of fire, fire breath? You get black lung if you use them too much. Uh, mesothelioma is a real risk, so... <laughs> Try not to make a habit out of it. It's very expensive to go to House Jurassic to get that fixed. Yeah, right. All right, so that is Erky's turn, uh, a heroic save. Uh, now it's up to our, our best our best boy, Meepo. Because mm -hmm. both of you are still within range of the troll because Erky didn't take an opportunity attack. Right, but conveniently, we're both on the ground, <laughs> <laughs> ducking out of the way of this sling. <laughs> oh my god, the, uh, Meepo, he rolled a 19 and a 1. Wow. Back tactics oh, coming through. Back tactics is, is huge. Yeah. So that's, I don't know, 20 something. Mm -hmm. Definitely hits. I think this indicates that Meepo on his own, not that great. But when he's got friends that he's trying to protect, you can't stop him. Stop trying to make him the hero of the story. <laughs> I don't need to do anything. It already happened. <laughs> Does five more damage make him the hero of the Are story? You kidding me? <laughs> five more damage exactly kills the troll. All right, Meepo, your MVP as usual. <laughs> <laughs> so I think what happens here is like, you know, Erky has just like ducked, bobbed, and weaved to, to get over to Tez to like just put two hands on him and like almost like, um, like a defibrillator, right? Like mm. Tez like jerks back up awake uh, or, you know, to, to, to combat readiness. And then all of a sudden, like a giant troll face just comes flying down at him like it's going to bite him. Dead. <laughs> and just gets stuck on the edge of the sarcophagus and is just kind of hanging there as he's like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> this is rogue archaeology. <laughs> uh, right. The troll lunges down with its yellow teeth and just out of nowhere, as far as the troll is concerned, comes this hunk of rock. It just smacks in the side of his head of its head and you can hear the skull crack and not reform perfect erky's like looking up almost in in wonder at this like this big troll face and then you see for a moment something that you haven't seen from him before he <laughs> starts to like laugh like almost like cackle giggle and, and he looks at you and like slaps you on the shoulder and it's like this <laughs> this is fun oh no Erky, this isn't this isn't fun. This is, 
This is dangerous. <laughs> you say as black black smoke issues out <laughs> of your mouth. I mean, I understand that I make it seem like fun, but Erky, this is incredibly dangerous. Well, maybe that's the part I like about it. We'll see. We'll see. I don't. I don't know. People. People do really get hurt. He looks down at you. Obviously. Obviously. Yes. Good thing I was here. Agreed. <laughs> and then he looks. He looks over and sort of almost like finger guns Meepo, and is like, "And it's a good thing you were here, again." As always. This is like fight two. This is, I think, the second fight Erky has done with this party. And every time it has been Meepo who who has like handled it. Well, you know what? Tez isn't too proud to uh, to just take the dub. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> a win's a win in this business. Life restored and greed restored. <laughs> ah, yes. Uh, Tez would like to inspect the inside of the sarcophagus for any uh, fancy and valuable baubles. All right, so speaking of a win, uh, previously you had seen that there is a torch with a sickly green light that uh, is glowing, and you had realized that that is another ever-burning lantern. That's a continual flame mm -hmm. cast on it. You may have already added that to your inventory. Inside the sarcophagus, however, uh, you see you know, the trappings of a rather wealthy... Mm, I mean, Erky looks at it and is like, it's almost like this troll was a member of the clergy, which seems a little confusing. Hmm. Inside, you see uh, the troll was buried alive with a an ornate ceremonial dagger. The hilt of it has is two-faced, so it's like one head with a face on either side, mm -hmm. and on one side is like the snout of a dragon, which makes sense. But then on the other side is the face of an elf. Hmm. Give me history. Finally, something I'm good at. Uh, something I'm... Ah, wait, wait, wait. I've just realized this whole time Erky has had guidance. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to put my head together with Erky a little bit All right. over mm -hmm. this dagger and get his guidance. With my die and my, my guidance, that's 13 plus 2 is 15. Okay, so you can see when, when Erky uses guidance, it's less like devoutly praying to Onatar to like, you know, bless this person and make them smarter. It's it's more like he he weighs in. It, he seems to like know a lot, or at least he knew, he knows a little bit a lot about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. While he does this, he sort of like, you know, makes a, a small symbol over, like a gesture over his holy symbol. So he's he's invoking the power of Onatar. Um, but it seems just like, like come from him. And the two of you put your heads together and there is like some common knowledge that you know, the dragons live on Arganesson, and they mostly keep to themselves, mm -hmm. which is, of course, why it was weird that Calstrix is here. Right. Uh, the elves mostly live on Arenal and mostly keep to themselves. The thing that you two realize is that the dragons and the elves have beef for, like, millennia, in that they seem to hate each other, and every once in a while, the dragons sort of send over, like, a sortie of dragons to just pummel the island of Arenal with, you know, breath weapons and magic, and, the you know, the elves repel and this seems to have just been going on for as long as anyone can remember but no one can recall elves and dragons working together that makes absolutely no sense to you okay just point out that a sortie of dragons is one of my least favorite george rr R. martin books <laughs> it never ends well <laughs> yeah so that is weird um and it also you also remember that uh, in the alcoves in this area within this entire complex which is uh, a cult to the dragon ashardalon mm-hmm you know, in the alcoves, there were statues of what looked like elves. Again, weird and strange. 
I am, against all odds, trained in Arcana. Mm. To me, this looks like a ritual dagger, right? So, mm. like, is is there any, like, ritual magic or anything that, like, involves trolls? Give me an Arcana check. Aha! I will never know anything more <laughs> than I know this, Ishan. Without the guidance, I have a 22. With the guidance, I have a 23. <laughs> I'm going to say you basically like search this room in the sarcophagus and the troll top to bottom, right? You're investigating, you're looking for secret passages and, and tunnels, and you're like trying to examine what is going on magically. Plus, there was also that green flash. So on the troll itself, the troll is also wearing two silver rings, which are worth 15 gold apiece. Let me just go ahead and convert those straight to gold. Mm -hmm. <laughs> A silver amulet worth 15 gold. Scattered across the bottom of the sarcophagus is 220 silver pieces. So 22 gold. 22 more golds. 50 actual gold. Okay, now you're now you're messing with me. <laughs> now you're just trying to see how long I can do this math before screwing 72 it up. 72 electrum pieces. No. <laughs> and four spell scrolls. Ooh. Tell me there's a spell scroll of fire breath because I'm all out. <laughs> there is command. Scroll of command. A second level cure wounds. A second level inflict wounds. And Guiding Bolt, also second level. Interesting. And as you sort of like continue to look through the sarcophagus, remember like the mechanism sort of like almost was like spring-loaded once you opened it. Mm -hmm. um, and you're examining like what was that green flash. You can see there's a, a residual like high-level magic. Again, you put your heads together and... Erky is guessing, judging by the way that like the coins look, they essentially haven't tarnished whatsoever. So he would think there's some sort of mm, stasis effect that was happening. Your investigation reveals on the southern wall, there is a magical inscription that you weren't able to see normally, but upon close examination with a little bit of, of dabbling, you can reveal it. It's a message in, dr in Draconic. A dragon priest entombed alive for transgressions of the law still retains the honor of his position. Mm. So that, that's sort of written in like uh, formal script. And then below uh, there is a, a smaller writing, but still in Draconic. It sort of explains the story of what happened. This was an elven dragon priest in this cult of Ashardalon. You can't quite tell how long ago it was. Um, Draconic is not a dialect that changes very much. Mm -hmm. By your guesses, we're looking at like 1500, 1800, 2000 years ago, long before humans ruled Corvair. Sure. This particular dragon priest turned himself uh, into a troll. You don't know if that was inadvertent. You don't know if it was through some sort of like crazy experimentation or what. You don't know why, but for whatever reason, it happened. And that was a huge no-no because the form they idolize, of course, is the dragon and not the gross troll. His punishment was to forever be uh, locked in stasis without death, but he was still allowed all of the trappings, which is why like you saw that pit with the spikes in it that just sort of seemed like out in the open, like how is this a trap? It isn't necessarily a trap, right? It is in some ways like a, a, a pyramid. Um, you are just supposed to understand that this is someone worthy of honor. Let me tell you, the, that meaning was lost upon this rogue archaeologist. 
one other thing that sort of sticks out is that part part of his like retinue, but also like part of what is supposed to keep him in tuned was that Quasit that you killed. Oh, interesting. Which is yet another strange wrinkle because now suddenly you've got fiends. And okay, would would some elves deal with fiends? Sure. There are definitely di- diabolists among elves. Would some dragons deal with fiends? I'm Maybe. Dragons and, and fiends usually hate each other. But now you've got elves and dragons and fiends and it is confusing. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Samuel Dagger is worth 125 gold. I'm going to go ahead and just convert. I mean, that's not like a magical dagger, right? That's just right. That's exactly. just gold but in my inventory. You're, you're right. It was like part of the ritual of the entombing. Okay. And you're converting it to gold, but like you're basically selling it or giving it to Morgrave, right? And then getting a reward. Is that what's going on? Uh, ooh, yeah, you're right. No, I can't do that then. It was worth 125. I got to back out that transaction from my books. You got to deliver it home first. That's when I actually got to deliver. Yeah. I was I was mostly just anything that I'm going to take to... Uh, Carowin. Uh, Carowin. Mm-hmm. I was just going to, like... I mean, if we want to make the bookkeeping easier, Mistmarsh isn't a complete backwater. Carowin can probably work out a line of credit with Morgrave. It's fine. I'll keep the ceremonial dagger. It's, uh, it's going to come in super handy. Does Meepo replace his dagger with a ceremonial dagger? No. <laughs> what? You think I'm going to let Meepo hold my 125 <laughs> gold dagger? I met this guy, like, yesterday. <laughs> He's only saved your life like six times. I showed up here with like eight gold. There's no (laughs) way that I'm letting him hold my whole life savings. He can just hold your life in his tiny clawed hands. No, he cannot. I'm not like, I'm not loaning him my cell phone. Are you kidding me? (laughs) That's actually it for this entire wing. This is where it dead ends in this sarcophagus room. Ah, okay. Uh, Congratulations. You got into the locked door. The one that was bothering. However, if you recall, there is another door, a secret entrance with three three skeletons inside it. You keep trying to tell me with these skeletons, and I do. I'm I'm also tempted to follow up on it because I do still have two uses of fire breath. You do. <laughs> you 100% do. The thing about fire breath though is it's actually single target. Oh really? Yes. Ah, uh, not a um, Okay. Yeah, and so I think honestly, this is uh, this is just a fight not worth taking. I mean, Tez isn't an idiot. He's not here to clear dungeons. He's here to, uh, you know, pursue archaeological interests. Yep, he's not here to clear dungeons and get the loot that was obviously behind those skeletons. It's true. <laughs> skeleton, skeleton guards don't have loot. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, we're going We're going back to the kobolds. We're going to uh, rest up, and we're going to prepare ourselves, because we have a day, I believe, right, uh, before we need to make our uh, grand entrance upon the hobgoblins. That's right. So you ransomed uh, goblin prisoners away from the kobolds, freed them to return to their people, and the plan is that they are going to let you through the back entrance directly into the hobgoblin throne room so that you can overthrow the hobgoblin who has taken over their clan. You've got a day for resting, bartering with the kobolds if you need to. Like if there's any gear that you think you might need. Although, I mean, everyone has the best armor that they can wear right now, I think. Yeah. Well, the best armor that is in any way affordable. Uh, and is available in this here dungeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I go to work on that whistle? Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, I still have that whistle that I found in the other uh, burial chamber. Right. It 
uh, has the inscription Nightcaller. You're going to rest to heal up, right? Yes. And in the meantime, you can take a look at it. Um, Erky seems like a lot more involved now, a lot more sort of interested in, in everything. Um, and so wants to like sit in on when you're like, you know, messing with things and trying to examine it to identify an object. Mm -hmm. um, and remember, he can also read Dwarvish. So he knows that the runes say Nightcrawler. No, sorry, Nightcaller. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, we both read Dwarvish, so that's like just kind of going around. Both good. All right, so give me Arcana or History. Uh, is, this, uh, is this an advantage? We're working on it together type situation? Uh, well, Erky er isn't trained in either of those. Ah, well, But he fair. is guidancing you. Okay. Uh, 13 plus 2 is 15 again. What you can tell is that there's a strong aura of necromancy around it. Hmm. If you blow the whistle in darkness or un under the night sky, you can cast the spell Animate Dead. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you can only do that once a week. So I start to explain to Erky, you know, in some cultures, <laughs> uh, the undead are not really considered to be, you know, anathema to life. They're actually just viewed as like a tool even, you know, like just a, a resource to be used to ease the labors of the living. So he, he scoffs a bit and says, oh, you're bringing that uh, Karnathi philosophy. All right. Well, I, you know, it is one of the things. I did have to take a, a, a philosophy course at, <laughs> at the university. Yes, yes, I've, I've, I've heard all of the defenses of their undead workforce. <laughs> so, Erky, I, I guess you're not going to be, like, super a fan of me using this, then. Is that what I'm gathering from your opinion here? I mean, he's sort of, he's sort of like thinks for a bit and then shrugs his shoulders and he says I mean I won't I won't stop you from using it if we're in the middle of a fight and you animate a goblin to keep us from all getting murdered then so be it what if we're in the middle of walking into a fight and I animate <laughs> a pile of bones that was previously trying to kill us he thinks about it for a second and says I mean there's nothing wrong with killing a giant rat oh I've done that <laughs> Oh, I have so much rat blood on my hands, Erky. <laughs> and my soul. Uh, so, yeah, it seems like he's give, he's certainly giving you an easy out here. You you don't know how he's going to feel about reanimating the corpse of a sapient creature. Sure. Fortunately for you, the giant rats are actually larger than the goblins. <laughs> and the way the statistics work is you get a skeleton or a zombie. Um, it's not going to change the stats. So, yeah, is that is that doable, like, uh, on my way to the to the throne room whatever like that back entrance is is that is my my giant rat corpse on the way <laughs> yes so and you only showed up here maybe two days ago mm -hmm. um and you've killed quite a few giant rats and it's it's not like you've done anything with those bodies true uh, so you can definitely backtrack to one that is essentially like pretty putrid and reanimate it if you want a zombie um uh, you could also find one that's been cleaned bare by other giant rats and if you want a skeleton I think, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. I think I'll just, like, I, I know, I know I can go back to the burial chamber where those actual skeletons were. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's probably the easiest, closest, and safest, and I think I just, I'll take the skeleton. Uh, I mean, I don't know, if you want to get into game terms, like, skeletons have, like, 13 AC, and uh, 
uh, and 13 hit points, and zombies have 8 AC and 22 hit points. And I just, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like, I don't know. I'll take the I'll take the skeleton. So you've got a giant rat skeleton with you. Uh, I think, I, no, no, no. This is actually a humanoid skeleton. Oh, okay. Because uh, this would be the skeleton, one of the skeletons that was attacking us in the burial chamber. Oh, one of those. One of those yeah, piles yeah. of bones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Erky's fine with that because they tried to murder him. Oh, good. Perfect. Yeah. Erky, we found a happy compromise. Uh, so you head back to that small, like, alcove chamber. Wait, wait, Ishan, Ishan. Yeah. What does it look like when I blow Nightcaller? <laughs> so that's the thing. You head, you head back to the, the, the small chamber, right? And you can still see the piles of bones that um, you destroyed to get rid of the Mabaran energy, enervating them. And you approach one of them, and Meepo looks a little confused as to, like, why you're back here, because you thoroughly looted it. And as you, like, stand in front of the bones, the bones that definitely tried to kill him, mm-hmm. um, he sort of, like, tugs on your sleeve. Yes, Meepo? Mm, what, what is, what is Tez doing here with this whistle? Meepo, we're getting reinforcements. And mm, and force is this is this like lunch? Kind of like lunch, mm. except like it's gonna you know. Okay, so here's the thing. You know how like in every fight I get beat up really bad, and then Erky has to save my life. Oh yes, he nods vigorously. Yeah, I'm very tired of that. So <laughs> what I'm gonna do is I'm going to reanimate one of these skeletons, so the skeleton dies instead of me. Uh, at skeleton dies uh, he sort of cocks his head uh, and his ears sort of move around on their own because he seems very confused about the concept of a skeleton dying um, and he looks down at the bones and said people tried very hard to kill this one again uh-huh. I yes and by doing that you saved my life and now uh, waste not want not we're going to make sure that this skeleton uh, can help save my life in in our in our next endeavor which will almost certainly be a difficult uh <laughs> a difficult fight against some hobgoblins i'm not sure we can take uh on even footing so he like scrunches up his face and and then after a moment seems to like understand he says ah okay tez tez will uh, re reinforce yes the skeleton and then meepo will kill it again no no no, no. okay meepo 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 all right so you know how when you have to defend the Warren against uh, the goblins, but the goblins are bigger than you are, and they're stronger than you are, and oh. um, they have magic that you don't have access to. Mm. At each what of these points, he nods. Oh, yeah. Mm, yes, yes. Well, and, and so what do you do, right? You, do you fight fair? You do run you away. Walk up? Okay. Uh, but eventually you get cornered, and then what do you do? Do you just walk up and fight them and die? Or do you do something to tilt the odds in your favor oh cheat exactly people understands okay now let's go get us a skeleton all right so now which skeletons is it again you are using the humanoid skeletons that you fought inside the chamber that only opened when you turned undead right exactly yes the 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 undead trap chamber Uh, all right, so you make your way there, and you can see that there are, you know, five crumpled piles of bones. Um, wh- like, how do you how do you do this? It's kind of probably looking like um, 
you know, like scientists, the first time they do an experiment and they're just kind of like covering their like important parts up <laughs> sheepishly. The lead shielding. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I think I know how this is going to work, but who knows? <laughs> and I'm like, Erky, be ready. <laughs> We're just going to channel the terrible energies of Maybar uh, into the realm of the living. No big deal. Exactly. So I will, uh, I will stand over the most robust looking pile of bones. Mm. Uh, and kind of fix that in my mind and, you know, pull out Nightcaller and nervously press it to lips and give it a whistle. All right, so Erky, you know, talked about before, he's not opposed to this, but he's not exactly, like, in favor of it. But, you know, he stands by sort of at the ready, but he doesn't seem particularly surprised at any of this, and that would make sense. He's a cleric. He's probably seen some sort of animation before. Uh, you blow the whistle, and there's no audible sound. Uh, but you do all seem to hear something just inside your mind, almost like a, a psychic resonance more than an actual note. It is it is melodious but mournful, a minor key, um, a dirge. And you can see that the pile of bones that you're standing in front of begins to knit itself back together. The ones that were splintered, the ones that you uh, you know, sundered uh, with your weapons begin to come back together and then stack on top of each other with, you know, invisible ligaments essentially holding them together. And you watch it, like, grow and grow and grow as each bone hops back into place, and you realize this is actually a really tall skeleton. Taller than you. You're a half-elf, right? How tall are you? Uh, yeah, I feel like Tez is, like, he's not tall, but he's not short. I think he's probably just kind of, like, you know, alive, like, 5'9", 5'10". Okay, yeah, a decent size for a half-elf. So you've got, you know, Erky the gnome here. He's trained in medicine, and he his eyes sort of, like, widen a little bit as he notices the skeleton take shape, and he, he sort of murmurs to you, hmm, this, this is an elf. Uh, and then he keeps looking up. This is a tall elf, and he it is. It's, like, almost six and a half feet tall, which is very tall for an elf. I furiously scribble down notes in my notebook. <laughs> <laughs> Meepo, on the other hand, he knows what to do now. Whenever you, you know, take on some sort of a, a task, he situated himself in the corner of the room, pulled out the skull knocker, and was just, just ready to go, you know, just in case. Mm -hmm. And then as he saw the bones sort of, like, animate, um, his jaw dropped a little bit, but then as the skeleton gets taller and taller and taller uh, and more put together, if you look carefully, you can see his knees are shaking a little bit. Mm, cheating? <laughs> it's Meepo. It's okay. We've already, we've already fought these things. Like, and it's fine. I, I can feel it. I have control over it. And I like hold up Nightcaller, and <laughs> we have control of it. Meepo's mm, unsure. Make it dance. I, uh, it's a bonus action to give it a command, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I command it to dance. <laughs> <laughs> nope. I command it to dab. <laughs> if given a command it doesn't understand, it does nothing, and so it does nothing. Fine. I command it to dance. It um, breaks out into a lovely waltz. I command it to dab on its haters' graves. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you demonstrate, it will do it. I dab on my haters' graves. There you go. Um, it, it copies you uh, effortlessly. That's Maybe that's insensitive. I mean, I don't know who the other people in this chamber were, but I just dabbed on their graves. <laughs> uh, they're dead and you're not, so like... 
Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Does does Tez care? Oh, Tez does not care. I'm just saying <laughs> I kind of feel disrespectful. But you, you, Shane, are suddenly growing a conscience. <laughs> I, look, man, I don't mess with the dead. Uh, oh, right. Well, yes, you don't mess with the dead. Uh, let's take your newly formed reanimated skeleton and go attack those goblins. Well, Tez does that. The plan you've like come together with uh, with the goblins is you will return to goblin territory, basically the place you were in before. You'll give the bird call and they will let you through. Um, it's not really a fleshed out plan. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, be- before we get to that, Ishan, um, mm. my plan is to put my head together with Erky and, and figure out what this means that this is an elf here because elves are not like common in Corvair and certainly not like at the age of this burial chamber, right? Not at all. No. Can I roll like a history check or something? Absolutely. Nat 20, baby. Tell me everything I know. Have Erky roll a medicine check. Uh, was he plus three? Either like an 18 Uh, or a 17. Probably a plus four. Oh yeah, I think he's a three. Um, okay. So the two of you sort of confer in like a, you remember this from, you know, like back at Morgrave, like scholarly debate, you know, someone, a salon, if you will, someone like poses a hypothesis and someone else tries to pick it apart or, you know, add to it or something like that. And, you you know, you're basically, you start off with what you said, which is at the time we think all of this happened, there were hardly any elves in Corvair. What is going on? Also elves and dragons. That's a weird thing, you know, and Erky sort of like is like looking at the skeleton as best as he can tell. It's tall for an elf, and he looks very closely, and what he realizes is that, is that, yeah, it's an elf at first glance, but if you look closely, there are telltale signs that, like, this elf was changed in some way, um, some sort of transmutation effect, whether that was permanent or just in effect when it died, he's not really sure, but, but definitely there are, you got a 17 or an 18? Yeah, it was actually 19, because I have a plus four. He, he would say maybe even, like, reptilian features that he can see so like the bone its bones are like more hollow than mammalian bones not hollow um because it doesn't it doesn't quite map to like real world reptilian well sure right but they're they're more elongated the the joints seem like they can handle more weight got it than they they otherwise would um it's hard to tell with like no musculature or, or ligaments or, or things like that. But, you know, you can see, like, the, the shape of the skull is... Sure, that's an elf's skull, right? But there are, you know, a, a certain, like, angle to the eye socket or sure. the, the length of um, what, where the nose would be. Hmm. Okay. Um, so he would guess this is... This is some sort of elf that has been magically augmented in some way. Now, you've heard of lots of different ways to do this. Erky can't tell exactly how. Of course, you also remember that you were just in the tomb of a uh, an elf dragon priest that turns itself and turned uh, itself into a troll. So who knows what other kinds of things were happening here? Right. Hmm. Interesting. The uh, the mystery deepens. Indeed, it does. And the evidence mounts. And I take I take. Uh, oh my! I can't believe I'm doing this. I take a pile of bones. I take some representative bones Ooh. from the other uh, from the other bone piles here. Uh, I'm going to need evidence if I'm going to defend this in my thesis. Right, because the only evidence you currently have is your walking animated skeleton, and that thing is definitely going to get smashed up. 
<laughs> exactly. How many times can you reanimate one corpse? You know, it's got to be statute of limitations on this. <laughs> um, oh, so you, is this is a skeleton, right? You decided it is a zombie. It is a skeleton. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, you have stats for that. I do. Perfect. Uh, okay. So that's about all you can tell right now. This is also isn't this the first time you've ever actually used Nightcaller? This is the first time I've ever actually used Nightcaller. So I've I've possessed Nightcaller two times previously. Uh, once in this very adventure, um, and of course we didn't want to animate dead because you know necromancy evil, you know like somebody in the party opposed it. So like, we could like in use third it. edition. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we had it in a previous Eperon campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we came into possession of Nightcaller, but we were so high level that like animating a skeleton or a zombie was just pointless bookkeeping. So we just kind of like stuffed it in a bag and <laughs> never used it. Right. Who wants to roll yet another initiative? Right. It's not going to do anything. Yeah. This is the second time I've given you Nightcaller. <laughs> yeah. So I'm happy that I can uh, fire for effect with Nightcaller. So back to the plan. Um, is there anything in particular that you want to do? So the goblin sketched out uh, a general, like a, a rough map of goblin territory. You can see that if you were to return to the location where you found Calcerix, the next chamber over is like a, a long hallway with a, a colonnade. And then from there, there's the general living quarters of the goblins, but there's also a rarely used back entrance that leads directly to the throne room where the hobgoblin uh, usually spends most of his time. That is the way that they're planning to sneak you in. Um, but other than that, is there anything that you want to prep or that you want to know or research or anything before your semi-frontal assault? Um, I don't think uh, Queen Ustrail had any useful um, uh, scrolls or anything left, right? I think those were all pretty much... It was like spider climb was like the closest thing to right, being... Spider climb, mage armor. Uh, okay. So mostly I'm not interesting to you. Not investing in those. Uh, I, I'm on a budget. You did find those scrolls in the troll sarcophagus. Uh, right. Yeah, I have all those noted down. And we can actually use all of those scrolls, so that's helpful. Um, no, I guess I, I guess I just want to rest, uh, make sure we're kind of bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything that, that Tez would do. How is Tez feeling about three people and a skeleton taking on a tribe of hobgoblins? Well, he doesn't really know how many hobgoblins he's taking on here. He knows that there's the the big hobgoblin and then like two or three others but if it's more than that i think tez is planning to run <laughs> <laughs> so this is a good point i think when tez gets escorted in he's going to take some time to uh set some traps mm. <laughs> and make sure that he has an exit plan whereby the uh, the hobgoblins won't be able to just uh slaughter him <laughs> He's not really interested in ending up uh, in chains either, you know? That's, like, really a damper on your academic career. Yeah, and, you know, if you get ransomed back for, you know, pieces of silver, you have to get upset about it, like Caesar. (laughs) Swear you'll come back to kill them all. That's exactly, exactly. Though, uh, that's a good point. Maybe I should think about stashing some of my loot somewhere that is not with the kobolds. I think I will do that, actually. Um, I will, I will... Hide some of my. I'll hide some of my gold along the way. Maybe in those like unused back passages. Uh, yeah, you could do um, 
one of the jail cells that you put goblins in or even the now non-magical fountains that it seems like most of the creatures around here stay away from yeah i think yeah i think those fountains is probably like uh maybe like just stash it like up the pipe of one Mm -hmm. of those fountains you know so Mm -hmm. it's like just kind of out of view but uh won't get you know stumbled upon it's like uh you're selling drugs in the bathroom exactly it's a dead drop you get it and i'll just collect that on my way out All right, so you have time to fully rest, and you are ready to head into goblin territory. Give me a stealth check. Let's see how far you get. Yeah, how are we doing this for the group? You have you are trained. Meepo and Erky are not trained, right? I am an expert at stealth, sir. But no one else has training, right? That's probably true. All right, in that case, give me one for you and then one for everyone else. So everyone else rolled a 15 uh, just on the die, Mm -hmm. and I rolled a 13 plus 7 is 20. You now know what you're doing. You've been along this path before, although it has been two days. So you're you're sure that the goblins have basically reinforced the passages. So you approach the edge of goblin territory again, and again, that bell is there. Mm -hmm. You knew it would be there, and this time you're easily able to do whatever you want with it. I mean, uh, this is about the point where I would make the bird call anyway, right? Um, You're not sure if anyone... Well, I mean, there's no harm in making the bird call, right? Because if no one's around to hear it, then it doesn't matter. So sure. Exactly. So I'll just make the bird call. No response. Mm, Then I will uh, (laughs) avoid tinkling the bell. Okay. But you leave the bell there. So you move closer in um, and you come to what you know is going to be a, a hallway... Uh, trapped with caltrops uh, so you can see them and you you spy again there's the half crenellated wall and this would be the first place where you would expect that maybe there would actually be some opposition so you bird call again I assume I'll make the bird call you you wait to the point where you think it didn't work at all and then in the distance you hear essentially perfect imitation of your bird call but it does not sound like it is just from the other side of the wall it feels it sounds like it's deeper in i'm gonna get that mirror that i keep using in my pocket and try to like just catch it around the corner a little bit and see what's going on in this room so when you've been here before you knew that there was a patrol here but it didn't seem to be a an alert patrol Mm -hmm. in in any way and at the time there was only one one goblin that was actually awake you can see right now um, at this particular moment, there are no goblins at this station. You know that the room after this, there's like uh, target practice and yet another goblin patrol station. Mm-hmm. From You would guess that that's where the response came from. Then uh, I will motion to everybody to stay quiet and continue like carefully moving through the caltrops. Uh, but I, I'm just going to look for any new traps because we did kind of hit this place pretty hard a couple days ago. I don't want them to have gotten clever. Okay, investigation. I'm going to have Meepo do that. Uh-huh. Oh my God. <laughs> the luck continues. He rolls a nat 20, so 22. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing you had him do that. You do notice that the goblins have set up several tripwires in this caltrops area it seems like they they do expect that maybe whatever happened to pierce their defenses might happen again 
you avoid them pretty easily. What, what are they set up to? Um, like, are these are these traps that I could perhaps repurpose uh, for my own exit strategy? These are not warning traps. These are damage traps. So if you um, hit these uh, tripwires, you're not exactly sure what's going to happen, but something probably sharp and pointy. I mean, does it seem like I could disable these and and repurpose them? It would take you a while. Hmm. All right, I'll just avoid them for now, but I'll keep that in mind as I am carrying several extra weapons in my pack. Smart. (laughs) Okay, so you hop over the crenellated wall and the door slowly opens. The one you would open to Mm -hmm. continue deeper in. It slowly opens. And you can see a goblin eye peering out at you. And it doesn't seem afraid or even surprised. I uh, I make the bird call, but very quietly. All right. Then... Like a one-to-one bird call, if you will. <laughs> Just, uh, it's a DM. Right. Right. I whisper the bird call. <laughs> uh, so the goblin opens the door, slips through very quietly, very stealthily, uh, closes the door uh, behind it. Uh, and then looks you right in the face like it was expecting you. Uh, so you did come. You didn't... What's the phrase the the humans use? Are you human? I can, I can never really tell. Chicken out? Hmm. Hmm. I am a half-elf, sir. Even be- better? In any case, in any case, you have come. Or you are here to keep up your end of the bargain? Indeed. Hmm. Well, we shall see. Uh, is everything in place as we agreed? I... Uh, there, the patrols have been increased since the dragon was stolen. Um, but as you know, and the goblin sort of gives you like a steely look, uh, our forces are somewhat reduced uh, given the casualties during Calstrix's escape. Well, I tried to minimize those. Mm. I'm sure you did. Doesn't seem to believe you at all. I think I did. <laughs> uh, hey, we, look, we, the listeners, know that you did. <laughs> I am on patrol and have said that I heard something. I will return and say it was just a giant rat. I will lead the others when uh, we are on a shift rotation and give you the call again. You will retreat to the room where you met the dragon, and another will meet you there. Okay. This will be in about, thanks for a second, 15 minutes. Oh, well, good timing then. Our shift changes happen all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's a real maelstrom of a shift. (laughs) All right, the goblin disappears. I'll start making my way. I'm not quite grasping this map, but I will start following instructions and retreating towards the room we met the dragon. So yes, the when when the time comes and you're expecting there to be a shift change, you hear the bird call again, and so carefully you move through into directly into enemy territory there's another room with uh, a crenellated wall but there doesn't seem to be any patrol there where you would have expected um through a, a hallway and past yet another uh door where you expected there to be a patrol and you move into the still wrecked trophy room where you encountered the white dragon wormling in here there are three goblins is Tez the kind of person who can tell goblins apart? Yes. Okay. Especially, I mean, especially heading towards Dargoon. Like, mm-hmm. that I, that would, 
that would be so racist if he just like <laughs> was goblin plot like no tez can definitely tell goblins apart goblins are common in breland yes in breland right like so he like he Yes, he knows goblins. It's it, what's interesting. His treatment of these goblins is that they live so primitively, not that like they're goblins. And they're trying to stab him all the time. I mean, that's a common uh, issue that he takes with people is mm -hmm. that they try to stab him. Fair. It's fair. All right. So you recognize one of the goblins was one of the uh, prisoners that you spoke to. The other two you don't recognize, but they also don't seem surprised. Uh, I th actually, Tez, I think, is a little surprised to see them already there, and he, like, starts to draw his rapier, and then when he recognizes one, he, like, slides it back sheepishly. <laughs> uh, so that one uh, puts uh, a finger to her, to her lips um, and beckons you over. Uh, yeah, I turns to the others and makes the same motion and heads over. Okay, they're a little surprised that you have a skeleton, but they're they sort of look at each other and, you know, one of the new ones shrugs. Um, and then the one you've met before, uh, she says, your plan has intrigued several others uh, in the tribe. Uh, and so we have kept the patrols away for now. All you need to do is move quickly into the next room and around uh, a corner into the first door on your right. That will lead you into uh, a hallway that will take you directly to the throne room is that hallway secure we secure it and so it is no longer secure perfect are you clear on what you must do you need me to fight and defeat the hobgoblins defeat the hobgoblins yes tez you and uh, erky had put your heads together when you learned about the hobgoblins you also know that the so the former leader of the goblins is grenel mm -hmm. who is a goblin cleric uh, she is going to sort of go whichever way the wind blows. She's not going to step in and help the hobgoblins at first, but, you know, if it looks like you're going to be defeated, she's obviously going to step in and start attacking you to make it look like she's loyal. Right. If it goes the other way, though, she might want the killing blow to cement her leadership. That might be useful for you. And I get the, I'm not getting the impression that Grenel is currently in the room, right? Right. Okay. Well, she will be in the throne room. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. The goblin that you're speaking to, though, and then just says, and one more thing the large room this is where our families are you will stay away from them as long as they stay away from us right she nods grimly and then heads to the door that you're going to move in listens at it and gives uh, a sequence of knocks nothing happens she opens the door and says go move swiftly around the corner into the other hallway basically right so you can see that this is, it is essentially unused. It's like a back passage. You'd guess maybe it was originally used as a, like a servant's passageway when this was originally inhabited, you know, thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. The goblins really don't seem to use it that much. The route is tall enough for human-sized people, elf-sized people, but not very wide at all. So the goblins wouldn't have used it for storage or anything. And it basically leads a straight shot to... Uh, another door on a slanted wall, which you surmise leads into the circular chamber that is the throne room. Nothing that I love more than hearing about a narrow hallway when I have a bag full of caltrops. <laughs> <laughs> I just put them in a sack and I start swinging. <laughs> uh, no, I will. Uh, I, I will be laying these out. Uh, uh, you know, like uh, midway. Is, is there like a turn to this hallway or anything? Like a like an angle to it? Anything there is. Like that? There is one turn in it. Um, okay, like a blind turn. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I'm going to set them up on the blind turn uh, so that as we try to make our way out, uh, if we need to run in a hurry, those caltrops, we know where they are, but anybody coming around the corner will stumble into them like a complete mook, and then we can either turn the tide or, uh, you know, make good on our escape. Perfect. So these will also be behind you, right? Correct. Very Cortez of you. <laughs> well, I mean, this is my exit strategy. <laughs> This is just in the case of emergencies. Do I cripple everyone who's chasing me? <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so you lay out caltrops. Now, what do you do? I mean, I'm. Uh, let's creep up to the door and and give it a listen. Like, see see if we can tell what's inside, who's inside, anything that's going on. All right, perception checks. I'm gonna request a uh, a quick blessing from Erky. <laughs> Uh, it was helpful. Uh, I have 12 plus 1 plus my perception, which is 4, so 17. Erky speaks goblin, right? Um, Erky does speak goblin. You can hear voices inside, obviously, speaking goblin. Erky translates. Um, and there are several voices, as far as you can tell, you know, several goblin voices, which tend to be a little higher pitched than hobgoblin voices, just because hobgoblins are bigger. Right. You know, one hobgoblin voice and several Erky basically says they're, they're, they're being a rather obsequious um, and then one sort of like booming hobgoblin voice and he says ah oh, that's that's the leader uh, Drin he, he says I think I think that's his name um, he's hmm, he's he's grumpy he's a bit of a bully he's, he's asking for more wine maybe that's a good sign hmm more wine and then you hear a smash. Hmm. Really not feeling guilty about what I'm about to do here. Erky, do you think if we, um, if we could just get this door open just a little bit, maybe you could, uh, help the room take a nap? Uh, wait, is it Erky or Meepo has sleep? Meepo has sleep, definitely. Is it Meepo? Yeah. Meepo? <laughs> if we can get this door open just a little bit, do you think that you could, uh, Put the room to sleep. Oh. Radius of sleep is 20 feet, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can probably, judging from the size of the room on the map that you were given, you can probably get half of it. And I just want to make sure that he's not getting goblins in it if I can, because mm -hmm. I, I assume that goblins are going to be easier to put to sleep than hobgoblins, so I don't want ablative goblin armor. You can try to crack open this door, get the lay of the land, and then have Meepo properly target to sleep. But mm -hmm. the longer that door is open, the more chance there is that you're going to be spotted. Ah, yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so we're going to need a distraction, and good thing I brought a bony, uh, heavily armed <laughs> distraction with me. Uh, I, I do want to kind of, like, stealthily open this door, right? Like, I don't want it to be... Like, if I, if I have to pull a little oil out of my bag and, like, make sure these hinges aren't going to just, like, creak and, and, and whine and strain, I will do this. But what I want to do is just kind of slip it open and then get the skeleton, who is not yet named, and I am now calling Skelly Bro. Skelly Bro. Uh, I, want, I want my Skelly Bro in, and I will instruct him mentally to attack the biggest hobgoblin. Basically, what I want is for the skeleton to just cause chaos, right? Like, where did the skeleton come from? How did it suddenly get in here? What is going on? So that, you know, we can peer through the, through the door, 
get a spell <laughs> hopefully like you know have some readied actions and just kind of like you know take advantage of the chaos so this feels less like stealth to me and more like you're basically having the skeleton kick in the door and rush in while the rest of you ready actions while pressed up against the wall and but, hopefully yeah. aren't noticed but I don't want I, I like what I would love is for the for the skeleton to kind of like enter the room without them realizing it's there. <laughs> okay. Which, which Can admittedly, you make the skeleton invisible? It, when I put it that way, sounds ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so let's kick in the door and okay. and send our our Skelebro like <laughs> like a cruise missile <laughs> towards the Pegasov goblin. Your six foot six elf skeleton. Exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. So. You are mentally commanding the skeleton, attack the biggest hobgoblin. So that's what it's going to do. It's going to kick in the door and, and rush. The rest of you are readying actions. Meepo's action is target asleep, right? Target asleep. Okay. What about you and Erky? Erky has a ton of useful things. He also has that um, guiding bolt sitting in a scroll, and maybe this is a good time for it. It's second level. I also think I want to go ahead and get a... Uh, before we do this, I think I want to get a blessing from Meepo. <laughs> Meepo, can you very quietly, uh, you know, do the, do the, 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 the blessing, the cobalt blessings for, for combat and good, good health and good fortune? Meepo's nodding along when you're like, can you do the, any dabs? Yes. And then you finish the blessings. Oh, oh. And then uh, he, he nods like he really understands. And then, you know, he quietly mutters. You all feel blessed. You all feel like uh, your attacks and maybe even your saving throws might uh, might just be. I can't do math. Whatever. Twenty percent better. <laughs> Two Two point five points better. <laughs> There's no way to be sure that the dab wasn't what caused the magic. You're right. It's true. Somatic components. I'll, I'll have Arky prepare Sacred Flame, uh, and I will uh, I will plan to. Follow the goblin in, and uh, or sorry, follow the um, the skeleton in, and get get some sneak attack action, uh, and of course Meepo with his uh, head knocker. The skeleton kicks in the door. You can see it is a circular room about eighty feet across. Oh, this is huge. No, I did math wrong. You can see this is a circular room about 40 feet across. Ah, okay. (laughs) This this is a more reasonable (laughs) size chamber. (laughs) But the entire center of the chamber is a hole in the ground, and you don't know how deeply it goes, but emanating from that hole is a purplish light. And on the rim of the hole are these sickly-looking vines that, at least from this angle, you can tell go directly down torches on the walls where you can see a handful of hobgoblins you can't see the entire room there are several goblins in here and seated upon uh, what actually looks like you know a a real actual throne made of stone uh, is a very large hobgoblin wearing splint mail seated uh, somewhat bored uh, clutching uh, a goblet with what looks like sloshing almost vinegar vinegary wine and it looks over at the skeleton, shouts, Erky knows, in Goblin, did one of the servants we threw in there to die come back to haunt us? And you'll roll initiative.
let's talk about how our listeners can get in contact with us. We do love hearing from you. You can tweet at Shane at Mundangerous. That's M-U-N Dangerous. And you can tweet at Ishan at Evil Sans Carne. That's Malice minus Meat. And you can tweet at the show at TPTCast. You can also email us at TotalPartyThrill at gmail.com. And you can find us on the web at www.TotalPartyThrill.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at TotalPartyThrill. And join the conversation on Discord. There's a link in the show notes. And before we wrap up, we want to take a moment and thank our Patreon supporters. Your support is what makes it possible for us to keep doing this show. So if you'd like to learn more, you can check out all of our rewards at Patreon.com slash TotalPartyThrill. So what do we have planned for next week's episode? We're going to find out uh, if this, this ragtag party can handle a bunch of hobgoblins as we continue our playthrough of Sunless Citadel. Well, that's it for Actual Play Episode 9 of Total Party Thrill. I hope we lived up to our name, but either way, I'm Shane. And I'm Ishan. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.